Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Katherine McPhail, and today we are joined by Meg Glick, CIO for the Department of Education's Federal Student Aid Office. The Federal Student Aid Office serves more than 10 million students a year and provides approximately $112 billion in the grant, work-study, and student loan funding that makes education possible. Before Meg joined the Education Department a little over five years ago, she worked on the university side with DePaul University as the Director of Operations for their Office of Financial Aid, so she has seen both sides of the field. And before taking on the role of CIO, Meg headed up the NextGen Program Office, which sought to create a better user experience within the federal student aid system, something that we'll be diving into on the show today. Meg, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Great to be here. To start us off, Meg, could you give us some background on the work that the Office of Federal Student Aid does and some of the services that you provide? Sure, happy to. So we're you know, part of the Department of Education. Um, we provide almost $112 billion or so every year in financial aid to more than 10 million students, um, helping them pay for college and career education. Um, we handle oversight for approximately 5,600 post-secondary schools that participate in the program. And we assist um, over 40 million borrowers in repaying their loans. So technology is at the heart of what we do, and it powers our ability to execute these programs. Um, And I'm primarily responsible for the information technology services for FSA systems. Um, And, you know, just generally promoting effective, secure use of technology and doing whatever we can to achieve our strategic goals. In the past, Meg, you've also worked on the university side of the financial aid process with DePaul University as their director of operation in the Office of Financial Aid. How has that experience informed your work with federal student aid? Sure. Um, So my perspective really is informed by having been a front end user of our systems. So I was an aid administrator. um, And before I was a director of operations, I worked on FSA technology every day. Um, And at that time, I was working to automate the school's processes and systems with data that was coming from FSA. And throughout my career, I've counseled parents who were completing the FAFSA and borrowers trying to repay their loans. I also worked at a loan servicer where I learned all the rules and regulations um, associated with loan repayment, deferment, discharge, all those. And I think that mix of um, understanding the programs from different aspects of the aid lifecycle and my direct exposure to the systems. Um, and I would say most especially just, I have an innate curiosity about how things work and how to make them work better. So all those things, even though I wasn't thinking about it, kind of prepared me were the perfect training for, for where I now sit. And I do think that one of the biggest things is my North Star is the colleagues that I used to work with, the families that are trying to get aid. That's what I think about in everything that we do. It helps me to get out of the detail sometime and think about how are we serving these folks? How are we making their jobs and their lives easier? Absolutely. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what it was that inspired you or brought you back into the government side of things. Well, working at a school is like working, you know, working at a school financial aid office in my case was, you know, helping thousands of, of students and families. This is like the biggest financial aid office in the world. Um, you know, we are 
And I didn't really know when I came in how much technology was at the center of what we do, how much this was, um, how we got everything done. I knew it conceptually. So coming into FSA was a way to have even a greater effect and stuff that I love to do. Um, it was kind of daunting, but it is a complex world and it is a mission that you just, you know, you can't beat. There's nowhere else that I could take what I've learned, the experience I've had and turn it into helping this many people. So it's just an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, I think every student can attest to the fact that <laughs> this is a really important service. So you have now been working at Federal Student Aid for nearly six years. Could you tell us a little bit about how you've seen the delivery of digital services evolve over that period? Sure. You know, when I came here, we were a very compliance focused organization. You know, we wanted to make sure everything on our website exactly matches, you know, legislative language and get it all right, you know. And I think we've kind of done a complete 180. So, yes, we have to follow everything that um, Congress has put out for us, all the legislative things and, you know, very many guidelines and things we have to follow. But we want to make sure that our families, our students are able to understand these complex programs. We have to go to plain language. We have to make tools easier to use. It's been a, a big change in, in a fairly short amount of time that we've gone to uh, really modernization, but also just thinking about how people use our tools. So public service loan forgiveness is, is a, a great example. Um, we call it PSLF. Of course, you gotta have you know, a few government acronyms in here. But if a loan borrower, like say like a firefighter or somebody wants to take advantage of public service loan forgiveness, our goal is that person goes to the website, can find what the requirements are. It's, it's plainly written. Um, and we want people to be able to use the tools to understand if they're eligible. Um, one of the tools we have for PSLF is called PSLF Help Tool. And we expanded on that with an employer search. So you don't have to be authenticated. You don't have to be, you know, have an, uh, an ID to get in. You just check, is my employer eligible? Make, does my employer allow me to be eligible for public service loan forgiveness? So we have a lot of advocates that help people. So if an advocate doesn't have an ID, we don't want to keep any of the really important tools from them. So this allows advocates to help people and it allows um, everyone who wants to take advantage to more easily find it as opposed to thinking about it, where do I go, who do I call, what do I do? Um, and that's kind of a great example of the focus um, that we have now. Absolutely. I think, as you're saying, that shift to plain language, you know, there's like a push for that across government. And it's it's clear to see, especially for the sort of user-centered services, how important that is and what a big impact it has. Before you were named CIO for FSA, you served as the director for the NextGen FSA program office. Could you tell us a little bit more about the NextGen FSA initiative and some of its goals? Sure. Um, so it was really, the initiative was about bringing federal student aid programs you know, into the 21st century for parents, students, borrowers, post-secondary schools. Um, there were some overarching goals. You know, we wanted to create a modern environment that's uh, flexible so we can uh, be more efficient, we can respond effectively to changes in policies, laws, any requirements we have to deal with. Um, we wanna drive greater operational efficiency. So we want our, our systems to be stable, secure, 
um, be able to consider enterprise risk and make sure we're really being responsible stewards of taxpayer dollars. And very importantly, improving customer and partner outcomes. So we had this approach to for everything for NextGen applies to the entire journey for our customers. And we have a lot of mod even features that we modernized that have been, um, some of our stuff's been stood up for over two years. So we've centralized our contact center um, with the 1-800 number. We have, you know, IVR technology. Um, we have a virtual assistant on our website. And that is pretty neat for us and, and fun. We're finding people's engagement to that is um, really interesting. Like now it's called Aiden and now Aiden can tell dad jokes and it's not just, you know, pumping out the information. Um, so we're finding ways to really engage. Uh, so that's been cool. And then really important things. Um, loan simulator is one of the features. So people can go in and try to figure out what would be the right, what would be the right payment plan for them based on their goals. So instead of just here are your loans and here are your options, it asks, what do you want to, do you want to, do you want to pay faster? Do you want a lower payment? You know, what, what are you trying to do? And then it is very much focused on the experience as opposed to here's all the information we have and you kind of sort it out. I have to ask, uh, what is Aiden's best dad joke? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I will tell you my best dad joke. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, I hope you can use it. What's brown and sticky? A stick. Yes, you first <laughs> I'm sorry, I just spoiled your joke for you. <laughs> well, that's my favorite, my favorite joke, and I guess it's getting around so people actually know the punchline. It is a good one. It is such a classic. Yeah, Aiden probably has better ones than I do. I think there's a team of people corralling all those jokes and getting them ready for people. There's a there's a dad joke team. Yeah, well, I think everyone just really enjoys it. It's a fun exercise for everyone involved. Um, and in the virtual, you know, when we started working virtually, a lot of times at beginnings of meetings or something, people would have a dad joke and just share different things to try to get people a little more connected. So I think, and that's probably happened all over the place, but, um, you know, the dad jokes really uh, lighten the mood. They really do. I think um, that actually brings us into our next question, which is how are you integrating user-centered design and user feedback into the digital service and tool development process? So um, that's a great question. And this is part of the 180 that we've done. Um, this wasn't something we didn't really test our tools. We didn't really, um, it wasn't a priority. Now that is a top priority for us. So with the um, digital and customer care platform, which is part of the NextGen um, initiative. It is a website. It is a marketing communications tool. Also, it's a customer care platform where customer service reps work from. So it has a CRM, all this kind of stuff. When we um, are developing and even designing things, um, we will conduct usability testing. So especially on our most complex or our most used features, and we let um, we use these to test our design choices. And the goal is really testing before finalizing designs because we uncover unexpected pain points um, you know, during this process. So we are all very, you know, we have a lot of program people, a lot of design people. We're very in the weeds on things when people are working them. So oftentimes our customers find things that we would never think to find. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, it's really 
all this user feedback, I mean, which is really made possible by our technology. So we do a bunch of surveys. Um, we use other metrics after something's launched to, to monitor, you know, the web analytics and things like that. So we know, you know, people are falling off at step three, um, what's going on there. And that's one of the things we've heard over the years um, from OMB and others is, you know, are you testing these tools? Because at-risk borrowers and people that are having trouble um, paying their loans need easy tools. They need easy people, uh, need access to the benefits that they're entitled to. And the, one of the easiest ways to do that and cost-effective ways for the government is to build accessible tools that make sense that people can easily get through and, and complete. So uh, that's one of the biggest things. Also for schools and other financial partners, um, we, we launched FSA Partner Connect about a year ago. And that is kind of the digital front door for our, our partners, whereas um, studentaid.gov's digital front door for our customers. And while we were developing it, there were over 100 financial aid administrators that were part of this um, council to share their knowledge. Um, they were willing to do surveys and interviews. They did usability testing focus groups. When we had our conference in person, we were able to talk to them and um, really get in-depth. They were able to sit down at the computer go through some of these tools and provide us with feedback. So, you know, that to us is invaluable. I mean, even though I was a school person many years ago, I am far from the process now. And we want to find ways that we can get UX into everything that we do, that we're checking ourselves and not uh, releasing things that are going to confuse people even more than our really complex programs already confuse people. So that's our goal, simplify and accessibility to, to what we're doing. And we found that it's been very valuable to have the user input and user um, feedback. Absolutely. And I know that your office has a pretty wide collection of tools that you've been working on over the past few years to enhance, which includes studentaid.gov, but also that you mentioned that NSLDS website, FSA Partner Connect, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Help Tool, and many more. Are there any other changes that you've made to these tools that you would like to highlight? Sure. Um, I think that on studentaid.gov, you know, we want to be the trusted source where people can go and um, get all the information that they need and the tools they need. So the site is very mobile responsive, and that's such a big win and such a focus for us. So that's something we're constantly developing. I know it sounds like not a big thing, but we've all had that experience where you're doing something on your laptop and you go to your phone and it's a completely different experience or it doesn't fit. You can't read things. You don't have access to tooltips and things. So we want to make sure every experience that somebody has uh, on our site is really a good experience. And the very basic getting all the information, getting it quickly is accessible. So we're always enhancing um, design and, and, you know, reassessing what we're, what we're doing there. Um, and NSLDS is kind of the big news is this is a very old, um, it's a national student loan data system and it feeds many of our other systems and, and our information for borrowers that go to studentaid.gov. And we launched a modernized um, database uh, last month. And, you know, it's just kind of amazing. And this is a tool that I worked on all the time and to see like where it's gone and the tools that we're providing. We want our partners to focus on helping students. We don't want them to focus on having to use our tools. So um, creating these things, reducing administrative burden um, is a huge focus because we know that directly impacts aid recipients because 
financial aid administrators can help them figure things out as opposed to, you know, making tough decisions about how to pay for school as opposed to trying to meet all of our um, kind of rules and regulations. But I would say the PSLF, you know, is the, has been a great focus because of the incredible benefit that this can provide um, for people that are working in public service. So the um, PSLF employer search I talked about a little bit, um, and this is where we want to focus people to go so they can um, get some of the benefits. So there is right now a PSLF waiver. So we really want everyone, if anyone who is a listener who's in public service, whether it's a state uh, government, local government, nonprofits, there's a limited time for this PSLF waiver um, to be in place where they can get credits for past payments that didn't previously qualify. So the waiver expires October 31st. So there's a big push um, from all different parts of the government to try to help people understand you may be eligible for this and you don't even know. Um, so we really are driving people there um, on our site. It's um, studentaid.gov slash PSLF waiver. Um, and I think hopefully if you go to our site, you can easily find it. <laughs> but that's something we really want people to um, be looking out for it and really checking out to see if they're eligible. Absolutely. That is a very important PSA for our listeners. I guess our final question is uh, looking ahead, what are FSA's goals for streamlining services and what's what's next for you all? Yeah, I mean, we have so many near and midterm projects that are kind of already going, but longer term, we're trying to gear up for the future. You know, we need to build and change the systems we use, but we really want to look forward to how our systems will be used in the future. Um, we're focusing a lot on the executive order um, for uh, cybersecurity. I mean, that's going to impact all across government, but um, that's one thing that we're looking at and modernizing and, and having that tool of having the EO, it makes it easier for us as an organization to prioritize. And some of the enhancements around cybersecurity, you know, entail modernization. So that fits in many ways for us, but we're looking to automate, relieve administrative burden, as I mentioned, and, you know, making sure that bad actors don't have access to our system. We have the information for so many people in this country, and we take that really seriously. We want to make sure that um, we can continue to be entrusted with that, and we think about their well-being and, and their information and hold it tight. So we're really looking at, um, in addition to making things better and easier, making things more secure. Um, so we just added a two-step verification to our website, which I do think some people feel is a um, an inconvenience, and it's a necessary move that we have to make. And again, we're trying out our tools to make sure that people can easily use it. So um, I think by January of next year, everyone using studentaid.gov will have to use the two-step verification multi-factor authentication, as it's called in the EO. Um, so that's one of the things where we're, you know, working towards not just implementing regulations, but also making them um, manageable um, for our um, all of our users. And in addition, we have big things around FAFSA simplification and the Future Act. Um, so that's a, a big move that we're working on right now. We're upgrading systems. I mean, one of them 50 years old. So you can imagine um, the work that goes into something like that. And uh, just as many, you know, I would say commercial places, it's easy. It's easier to modernize the front end 
it's a much bigger challenge to modernize all the operations that go behind it. And that's a lot of what we're looking at now and how do we do that and make a, uh, make it flexible enough that we're going to be able to be in a future you know, technology environment that we can support, that we can be flexible enough to move towards. So we're not just thinking about making things easier, making things better. We're thinking about how does this fit in with you know, a cloud strategy? How does this fit in with you know, where technology operations are going? So um, a lot of work to do, but we're really, I'm just excited about it. It is never ending fun and challenges. Um, and I, if, I, if I can, I just wanna mention one more thing that we have this um, cyber newsletter that we have launched for schools for institutes of higher education. And we understand that similar to that, we need the EO to help our um, leaders prioritize securing. Um, schools have a lot of resources, a lot of resource needs that schools have. So this is a newsletter that they can bring to their IT professionals, that they can bring to their senior leaders to understand how they can make their systems more secure. So we understand that they have a lot of challenges, but this newsletter highlights um, interesting news, updates, tips, resources that may, they may not even know, like free resources even. Um, so we're really encouraging our schools to take a look at this and be, we want to be supportive and um, it's kind of a mouthful, but it's um, FSA school cyber safety at ed.gov. That's where they can send um, an email to to get the uh, cybersecurity newsletter in the subject line. And we're hoping that that is a supportive way to help them understand what uh, what they can do and how they can encourage their leaders. Absolutely. That's incredible. I imagine, you know, obviously it's very important to secure your own infrastructure, but looking at the schools themselves and making sure that student data is safe there too is a really important project. Yeah, we're happy to be able to support them and we're going to try to expand and reach out as much as we can so they have resources to go to. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, I mean, thank you for um, having me today. I'd love to talk about what we do. Um, as I said earlier, such an incredible mission and I work with so many wonderful people um, that it's really a, a challenge and a joy to be at Federal Student Aid and um, I love to spread the word about what we're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. This was a fantastic conversation. We really appreciate it. Thank you. GovCast, along with CyberCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.